Good morning, everyone. Today's podcast talks about foul language. The fact that we use foul language uh, in lieu of more descriptive words, words that transmit um, color and emotions and significance, um, will cause our children to develop um, linguistically at a slower pace. We as adults know that when we're using a foul word, we're using it in place of something else. We know how to give it context. Unfortunately, little kids still don't know how to do this. So let's listen to the episode and see if we can change something because small changes will make big changes. How many ways could you use the word shit? How often do you use it? You probably use it more than you'd like to. Feeling guilty? Don't, because we're going to change that. You would be surprised at how even the most polite people will slip every once in a while without wanting to, simply because the bad words have become everyday words with multiple meanings. Take the word shit. There's good and there's bad. And we don't just pick up our stuff, we pick up our... And if we don't care, we simply don't give a... And when things go bad, we know that happens. And if they go really bad, it's because the hits the fan. And um, if I don't believe you, it's probably because you tell me a lot of bull. Oh my goodness, I could go on and on. Um, and these are just a few examples of how we use that word in so many different ways. During the five years that I um, worked as Tata Adriana on the Italian TV show SOS Tata, which was a pedagogical program um, that would help parents with child rearing, um, I've met a lot of families. And one of the most common complaints I got from parents was that kids wouldn't listen to them. They wouldn't listen to their requests. And I would always ask my parents, or I would always ask the parents I worked with, um, are you sure that it's the child that's not listening to you? Or are you not clear in making your request? And I found that nine times out of 10, the main problem was that parents spoke with a lack of intention. As adults, we've got about 20 years experience on our kids, at least. Oh sure, there will be some younger parents in there and some older parents, but let's just be on average here and say about 20 years. Well, in these 20 years, we have had the chance to experiment with words, um, with the pragmatics as well as the um, real meaning of words. So understanding words by the context. Um, and for example, if you say to me, behave yourself, not that you would, I'm probably older than a lot of you, but if you were to say to me, behave yourself, I would know what that means. If we were at somebody's house for dinner, I know that behave yourself, the, the hypothetical child me, would understand that behave yourself means um, don't talk with your mouth full, chew slowly, um, sit straight, keep your hands on the table, don't rock your chair, um, say please and thank you, eat everything on your plate, 
or at least look enthusiastic about eating what's on your plate and thank your hostess for a lovely dinner. And I also know that if you were to say to me, behave yourself in a shop that sells glassware or fine china, I know that you're not talking about the way I chew or the way I sit at the table. You probably mean for me to walk nicely, not swing my arms all over the place so I can knock everything down, not run, um, not move around abruptly with a big heavy backpack on my shoulder, um, talk with a low tone of voice, not scream. I mean, I know what you mean if you ask me to behave myself, okay? But that's because I'm an adult. A real child, however, especially a very young one, is still figuring out the meaning of words um, and is not able to understand, you know, why are you asking me to behave, which is a term you use when we're at the dinner table. Why are you asking me to behave when we're in a fancy store? You know, um, they are not yet able um, to pick up on those social cues and on the context of where the sentence, where the word is being used in the sentence. So if you tell your child to pick her shit up off the floor, and I hope you don't, but if you do, that child will probably start doubting where to use the toilet. It's our job as parents and educators to teach children the meaning of words and not just assume that they understand the meaning just because we do. If you want your kids' vocabulary to grow, um, whether your own children or the children you work with, like your students or something, you've got to get them thinking. And there's no better way to get them thinking than by asking open-ended questions. So when your child asks you what that little thing is on the floor or in the, in the garden or on the pavement or something, don't just answer with, it's a worm, or worse, it's something gross, don't touch it. And yes, I have heard that before. Um, but ask the child instead, what do you think it is? And if the child doesn't know how to answer, invite the child to observe it. Hey, let's take a look at it. You know, what color is it? Is it moving? You know, have the child observe. The more children learn to describe what they see, the more they learn to ponder and think about what they're doing, what they see, how they're feeling, etc., the more their vocabulary will grow. And the more the vocabulary uh, grows, the more their cognition will grow. So let's focus on speaking with intention, shall we? When we ask our kids to pick their shit up off the floor, we don't mean their shit. We mean their toys. So let's use the right words. Um, Although, uh, granted, sometimes it is nice to use bad language. Sometimes we need to. Sometimes it feels really good. And that's because um, foul language is processed in an area at the base of our brain, in our limbic system, which is the seat of our emotions. And foul language and emotions are connected. Check that out. Um, but let's keep the foul language just between adults, okay? Out of the kids' ears. Um, but foul language aside, um, we can also choose to speak with intention even when we talk about most ordinary everyday words like the color red. Why do we need to say red when we can say vermilion? 
crimson, coral, ruby, the more the children have alternatives for words, the richer their vocabulary becomes and the richer their vocabulary, the higher their cognition and the higher their cognition, the richer their vocabulary. And it kind of becomes a circle like a dog running around biting its tail, but in a good way. It's not difficult to change old habits. You just have to kick yourself and get started. And yes, I said get started because changing habits is not an overnight thing. It's a process. Okay, that wraps it up. I hope that episode was useful and that you enjoyed it. And once again, thank you for joining me and I will see you next week. Have a great day.